The New York Islanders currently have five NHL-caliber centers on their roster, but what can Lou Lamorello do with that to help improve the team, if anything? And if he does, who's the player he should trade? We'll talk about that and a whole lot more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everyone for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, wherever you get your podcast, and Hey, you can even hear us now on Sirius XM Radio on the SXM app. Just do a search for Locked On Islanders. We have got a lot to discuss on today's show. But first, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question for us, maybe a comment about something we've discussed on the show or a topic you'd like us to analyze on a future episode, feel free to send us an email, the email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. And you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news notes and happenings throughout this important offseason whether it's hirings, firings, trade rumors, free agency, the draft, you name it, we'll have it covered for you right here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. So we've talked, everydayers, you know, we've talked on this show a lot about the fact that the Islanders don't have a lot of cap space. And look, they're, you know, Lou Lamorello has said he'd like to bring back all four of the unrestricted free agents who are, you know, definitely on the big club if they come back. Zach Parise, if he doesn't retire. Semyon Varlamov, if he is willing to take a pay cut, and it sounded like he would. Pierre Engvall, who added a, a little bit of speed to this team. And Scott Mayfield, the defenseman, the right-handed defenseman that is not easy to find but he was going to get a big raise in pay from his less than $1.5 million a year contract that is now expired, probably going to get somewhere in the neighborhood of 3.5 to $4.5 million. There's just not enough cap space, even if they are able to trade all of Josh Bailey's $5 million cap hit off the books to re-sign all four of those players, even if they sign relatively favorable contracts, and still find a way to get 
either the puck-moving defenseman that we know this team needs or a goal-scoring sniper that we know this team needs. So, obviously, if it's not going to be through free agency, then it's got to be through a trade because the prospect pool every day, as you know, that, you know, we had Hadi Kalakesh on the show talking about our prospect pool last Thursday. That was an interesting show. I highly suggest that you check it out. But there are not a lot of NHL-ready players in the Islanders' prospect pool who are going to come in and help this team right away. And if you think about it, when you don't have a first-round pick for this is now going to be the fourth year in a row, that's really not a big surprise. But we know the Islanders have five NHL-caliber centers. You got Bo Horvat, Matthew Barzal, Brock Nelson, you got J.G. Pajot, you got Casey Sezikis. Five established NHL centers, veterans, all of them, uh, you know, very good at what they do, and certainly players who could help another NHL team. So, is that a glut of centers? You know, the, the old adage is you build your hockey team down the middle. You have your goalie, you have strong center icemen, and hopefully a couple of good, really good defensemen at the very least, and you go from there. And the Islanders, you know, center may be the only position they have in excess right now on the roster with the possible exception of, you know, bottom six winger. But that's another story for another day. Realistically speaking, is it possible that, well, look, there's two ways to solve this problem. The first way is to move one of those centers to the wing, and that's what the Islanders did last year after the trade deadline. Matthew Barzal, uh, when Bo Horvat was acquired, they moved Barzy to the wing. And look, it was it was mixed results, let's face it. Uh, it was an adjustment, certainly, for Barzal. The first few games he played uh, before his injury, he and Bo Horvat seemed to have some pretty good chemistry between them, and that was certainly encouraging to see. And it, it's something that the Islanders definitely need if they're going to go forward and, and have some balanced scoring on more than one line. And, you know, unfortunately, with the injury, uh, Barzal missed the rest of the regular season was able to come back for the playoffs, but still clearly wasn't 100%. But more importantly than that, because the Islanders still got into the playoffs, but more importantly, the Islanders were able to overcome that loss and still, you know, get that first wild card spot, get into the playoffs. But it robbed Barzal of a chance to get better adjusted on the wing and to get more chemistry with Bo Horvat. And here's the thing. There is no rule etched in stone that says that Bo Horvat and Matthew Barzal have to be on the same line next season. Even if all five centers stay with the team 
they do not have to be on the same line. And out of all the, the five centers, I think Barzal or Sezikis are the two guys you could move. We have seen Barzal play on the wing, as I mentioned, last year. Not long enough, but certainly we saw it. And we certainly saw Casey Sezikis, when injuries hit, uh, move up to the wing on the third line or even on the second line. And look, Sezikis can do that. He can dig in the corners. He has a decent amount of speed. He's got physicality. And he's not a bad passer for a bottom six forward. So all things considered, if you're going to move one of them, you're going to keep all five guys on the roster. You're going to move one of them to the wing. You're either moving Barzal or Sezikis. Brock Nelson is a center through and through. J.G. Pajot is as well. <clears throat> now, even though you designate Sezikis as a wing, if you move him, or Barzal as a wing, Sezikis is really good in the face-off circle, and he can take face-offs. I mean, winger Anders Lee used to take face-offs instead of Barzal because one thing that Barzi is not particularly good at is winning draws. But, you know, that's one option. You can move one of those four, uh, of those five centers to wing. And then you've got four centers. If injuries hit, you can always move one of them back. But you've got four lines covered and then some. But the other option, and that's what we're going to discuss after the break, is maybe you can move one of those guys, free up some cap space, and maybe make a move for that puck-moving defenseman or that scoring winger that this team needs so badly. So, we will start to discuss that right after this. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. Well, it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you could be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. So, if you're going to trade one of these five centers, who would it be? I think you got to take Bo Horvat and Brock Nelson off the list. I think, first of all, in 10 days give or take, 10, 11 days, those guys have no trade clauses. They would have to waive them. I doubt they want to. Uh, for Bo Horvat, just moved from Vancouver, got his family here, you know, negotiated the no trade clause, very unlikely he's going to want to uproot his family again and waive it. That's why he got the no trade clause. Same thing as far as, uh, as, far as Matthew Barzal. He loves it here. Wants to stay. 
wants to be a part of the future of this team, doesn't want to move on. So, unlikely you're going to be able to trade either of them. So that leaves three other options. You could try to trade Brock Nelson. Brock Nelson, right now, in the absolute prime of his career. Led the team in goals. Led the team in assists. Led the team in points. He is 31, will turn 32 in October. And look, you could trade Brock Nelson. It is certainly, there will be a big market for a player like Brock Nelson. His current salary cap hit, $6 million. He's got this year and the following year on his deal. So that's at $6 million, Nelson is not overpaid. And there would definitely be a market for him. And as a lot of everydayers and, and, and people commenting on YouTube and everywhere else, if Brock Nelson, you trade him now, the market for Brock Nelson will never be higher. You would get maximum return for him. The question is, how do you replace that production? Because there, you know, you would really, you would need Bo Horvat to produce at a 35 goal pace with the Islanders. And that, by the way, only breaks you even with the acquisition, you know, if you trade away Brock Nelson. Now, you're freeing up $6 million in cap space. And if somehow you could throw Josh Bailey's $5 million of cap space in with that deal, you freed up $11 million of cap space. That's enough to bring in a big name sniper in a trade or an elite puck moving defenseman in a trade. You want to go nuts and get Eric Carlson, and I'm not saying that would be realistic. You'd have the cap room if you were able to do it, uh, if you're able to make a deal where Nelson and Bailey are both traded. The other option is to trade J.G. Pajot. Pajot, uh, I, I don't know if there, you would certainly not get as much back. Pajot, right now, going to be 31 in November, so still in his prime, but getting toward the end of his prime. And he has that cap hit of $5 million. And, you know, at $5 million, with three years left on his current deal, you're getting diminishing returns, most likely, from Pajot, especially in the third year remaining on the deal. He is a little bit overpaid compared to his offensive production, but a guy like J.G. Pajot, I mean, could you imagine a team like the Edmonton Oilers, or the Carolina Hurricanes, or maybe even the Maple Leafs, a team that could use a great two-way, good-checking, penalty-killing, face-off-taking center like J.G. Pajot doesn't save you as much cap space as trading Brock Nelson would, but it does give you $5 million off the books, frees up more room, both of those trades, to sign Ilya Sorokin next uh, year's, you know, to the extension we talked about on yesterday's show, Everydayers, and it, it also, 
you know, puts you back to four centers on the team. I think you could get something solid for Pajot. I, I, I think there'd be a good market for him. Wouldn't be the same return as Nelson, but you wouldn't have to replace as much offensive productivity. You'd need to find somebody who's good on the PK, who's good on faceoffs. You would still have Sezikis and Horvat as very good center icemen on draws. That's a possibility as well. But there is a modified no-trade clause, uh, 16 teams that Pajot could say, I won't go to. So that's half of the remaining teams in the league. That is a distinct problem if, and again, I emphasize if, he's not willing to waive it or if you can't work out a deal with one of the other 15 teams that he would, you know, would not accept a deal to. And then the other option is to trade Casey Sezikis. Sezikis, one of those solid fourth-line players, uh, 21 points in 81 games also right now, uh, 32, going to turn 33 in February. And, you know, again, sort of on the end of, of the prime of his career at this stage. Great on faceoffs, great on the penalty kill, uh, early, earning only $2.5 million a year, so you don't save as much cap space, although he has four years left on his deal, which, again, you're probably going to get diminishing returns in years three and four especially of that contract. To me, the, the, the sweet spot, if you're going to trade one of the uh, one of these guys, you either go with Nelson or Pajot as guys who you can get something back for, clear enough cap space, and who, even though you know they may have a modified no trade clause, uh, it, it's something you could work around. To me, Pajot would be my first choice. Nelson would be my second choice because of all the production you would have to replace. And it, again, if you can get someone to take Bailey off your hands, you do Bailey and Pajot, $10 million in cap space freed up. You do Nelson and Pajot, that's $11 million in cap space freed up. All of a sudden, you can add that sniper or that elite puck-moving defenseman, and you're really looking at a completely different level of how you can improve this team in this offseason. Will it happen? Well, obviously, that is largely up to Lula Morello. Should it happen? Well, it certainly creates possibilities. And one thing we know, one trade can change the outlook of your entire team. And I think if Lou Lamorello was looking to make a big splash, this is the way you do it. And even if you have to buy out Bailey or keep part of his salary, you know, if you could open up seven and a half, eight million dollars in salary by making a trade and then bring in one of those two ingredients you so badly need, I, I think you're talking about a, a big step forward for this team that could help the team and take away some of that negativity 
that, or, or let's, let's put it a better way, take away some of that skepticism that is surrounding the franchise right now because of the fact that the team still needs to get younger, faster, and more skilled. We have got a lot more to discuss on today's episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We will continue our player-by-player look at this team. Robin Salo, he started the season as the sixth defenseman, but didn't really stick. We'll talk about what happened to him and what his future role with the team will be, if any. We've got all that and a whole lot more coming up on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. So, we continue our player-by-player look at the Islanders roster, everydayers. Uh, you know we've been doing this since about a week after uh, getaway day, so uh, pretty much for most of May and June. And uh, today, we're going to take a look at Robin Sallow, the defenseman who, as I mentioned just before the break, started last year as the sixth defenseman, but after five or six games, ended up sitting Only played 11 games all year with the Islanders. Two goals, four points, four penalty minutes, a plus one. Was sent down to Bridgeport to just give the kids some ice time. Had 38 games down in Bridgeport, 14 assists, no goals. 26 penalty minutes and a plus seven. Salo, originally a second-round pick of the Islanders back in 2017. He's a native of Finland. He's going to turn 25 right around when the season starts, on October 13th. 25, yeah, okay, defensemen take a little longer to develop, but let's face facts, Robin Sallow not looking like a prospect at this point anymore. He is looking more and more like a player who is not part of this team's long-term plans. And, you know, you look at the season, he played the first four games, then sat, injuries hit, from December 9th until December 22nd, he ended up playing in seven more games. Both of his goals came in one game that was the second game of the season against the Anaheim Ducks. It was a plus four in that game. But other than that, you know, he, had, he played 17 minutes and 5 seconds in that game. After that, the ice time just went down, and he ended up having four games in which he played fewer than 10 minutes and another game where he played only 10 minutes and 14 seconds. So not a lot of confidence in Salo. And, you know, average ice time, 12.47. One blocked shot. Not going to, you know... Hold on a second. That That is uh, incorrect. But not not putting up the best numbers here uh, for Robin Sallow. 11 minutes and 11 seconds of ice time. 13 block shots in 11 games. Six hits. Not the most physical guy. Nine shots on goal in 11 games. And again, just not seeing the ice time that you would hope that Sallow was going to get, and it hurt him. It really did hurt him when you start looking at where you thought he was going to be at the beginning of the season and where he ended up. So 
I honestly believe that Salo is kind of on the outs with this organization as of right now. And it is more likely than not that, you know, the Islanders move on from him and try to figure out a, you know, sort of a new home for Robin Sallow because he just does not seem to be uh, in the team's plans. Now, he's under contract for one more year at $800,000 per season. And then he becomes a restricted free agent in 2023, uh, at the end of the 2023-2024 season. It would not shock me, again, to see Sallow, who is a left-handed shot, to be the seventh defenseman slash going up and down from Bridgeport. Uh, but he is looking more and more like one of those quadruple A players where he is very good at Bridgeport or, or solid in the AHL, but not good enough to be an everyday NHLer. And at 6'2", 190, he's got the size. You know, Sebastian Ajo, who beat him out for the job, has a lot less size than Robin Sallow worked hard and passed Sallow on the depth chart. So I don't look for a lot of change in Robin Sallow's status. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. And uh, we're going to be a day early here. But uh, Wednesday will be the 42nd birthday of former Islanders goalie Jan Denis. Denis, not drafted, went to Brown and spent four years at Brown University, made his NHL debut with the Montreal Canadiens from his home province of Quebec, and then joined the Islanders organization in 08-09. That was one of the many years Rick DiPietro dealt with serious injuries, and Jan Denis, who spent a lot of time in the AHL, played 31 games for the Islanders, which is more than half of his career NHL games. Had a 2.86 goals against average and a 9-10 save percentage. So in spite of uh, the difficulties, Jan Denis had a pretty good season for the Islanders trying to bail out a team that was at that point very young, very inexperienced, and battling a lot of injuries. We go back and look at one of Jan Denis's better games with the Isles. February 21st, 2009 at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum, Islanders hosting the New Jersey Devils, and in this game, the Islanders outshot 40 to 38, but end up winning the game 4 to nothing as Jan Denis gets a 40-save shutout, and for Denis, that was the second shutout of his NHL career. He had three, two of them, coming with your New York Islanders in that game, you had goals by the Islanders from Sean Bergenheim, John Sim, Kyle Oposo, and Bill Guerin, with Oposo and Guerin scoring on the power play. But 40 saves by Jan Denis against a very good New Jersey Devils team. Scott Clemenson, by the way, was the goalie for New Jersey. So happy birthday to Jan Denis. He is our Islanders' birthday of the day. So, I want to thank everyone again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day, every day or tomorrow on the show. 
We talk about Arno Durando. What was his season like? What is his possible future with the team like? And we'll have a, another update on Semyon Varlamov and what's going on with his situation and, had, and what it'll take to sign him. Until then, have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And, of course, let's go Islanders.